Welcome to the Arena Church podcast. We hope you enjoy the message. So what is it like to be around here um, is what we're speaking about. And, and I think we've got two weeks to go. And if you've not been here, well, the importance of this series is just really for us to, to focus again on what's important to have in church. What we as Arena believe are important things that we want to cultivate and, and have as, as characteristics in our church. You see, it's, it's, um, it's not something we do arrogantly to say, you know, a big sign, this is what we are, we have it all together. But we do it as, as something, this is what we want to be. And with God's help, we're going to make every effort to be uh, these things. And, and so we've spoken about, obviously, the importance of discipleship. We've spoken about uh, the importance of unity, honor, uh, excellence, and, and all of these things are important. But I just today want to focus in on, on two other areas, um, which we'll do um, together today. And that's firstly passion. And then we'll get a little bit onto generosity um, towards the end. We believe it's important to have passion. We want to be a church that is characterized by passion. Do we agree with that? Yeah? Yeah? Get some feedback there. You see, we've, we've had a wonderful time of worship, obviously, um, all the, um, the, the flamboyance, and, and we raise our hands, and we dance, and we worship God. Um, we are passionate about worshiping God, and, and other things too. And uh, so I've got a definition up um, on the screen. Passion is an intense desire or enthusiasm for something. And there's those synonyms there, enthusiasm, zeal. Fervor, probably zeal, fervor are are words that we'll find a little bit more in the Bible um, when we read it. But it is important to be passionate. It's something that's recognized uh, in the church. It's something that's recognized outside of the church too. Michael Schumacher, the great Michael Schumacher said this, Once something is a passion, then the motivation is there. Gordon Ramsay says we need to cook with passion. And does he cook with passion? Jurgen Klopp says we need to play football with passion. And um, Jose Mourinho says with strategy and calculation. Uh, Whatever he says, I don't know. But I've got a quote from Donald Trump about passion. Are you guys ready for it? (laughs) Am I allowed to quote Donald Trump? Yeah, I think I've done that before. Uh, Without passion, you don't have energy. And without energy, you have nothing. But you know what? We're not being passionate because Donald Trump says we need to be passionate. We're passionate because we, we have a God who is a passionate God. And we see that in the Bible time and time again, uh, that our God is a passionate God. There was an encounter in John 2 where, if you remember, where Jesus went into the temple and, um, and they turned it into a marketplace. And uh, obviously we're selling and trading there and the focus was totally off of God. It was on commerce. And, and obviously he went in and, and you may know the story. He, he turned over the tables. He, he, he rebuked them and said, what on earth is going on here? And it says this in John 2 verse 17. It says, then his disciples remembered the prophecy from the scriptures, which say this, passion for God's house will consume me. So he was, a, he was a God that had a passion for the house of God as of the temple um, in those days and, and is equally passionate in other ways. It, it bubbled over in this story about, in a righteous anger 
Um, but equally so, it was a passion that drove him to get up early to pray in the morning. It was a passion that drove him to exhaustion at times when he was teaching and he was healing all day long. It was a passion that drove him to die on the cross for our sins. He still has a passion for for you and me and for the church today. We serve a passionate God. And so in in a few areas that I just want to focus on this morning, I'm going to be going through quite a lot and not all of the scriptures are going to come up on the screen uh, word by word, but you can maybe take a note uh, if you've got a notepad and, and go back and read them. That would be fantastic. But first of all, if we're going to be passionate, the thing that we... Well, there's three things that I want to focus in on that we need to be passionate about. And firstly, a person, we need to be passionate about God. That's first and foremost, isn't it? We have to have and we want to have a passion for God. He's the reason why we're here. Um, He's the reason why uh, we can actually come before God, before Him and and, and be worthy. In a sense, because because Jesus has died on the cross for our sins. And so, first of all, passion for God. And that's, that's displayed in, in very different ways throughout Scripture. I could have chosen any, any one of number of Scriptures to talk about. But I love the Scripture in um, with the account of David um, when he was dancing before the Lord as, as the, the Ark of the Covenant was brought, brought into Jerusalem. And 2 Samuel 6.14, it's not going to come up on the screen, but you can take a note of it. And um, it says there that David danced before the Lord with all his might. I love that. He danced before the Lord with all his might, wearing his priestly garments, and unashamedly danced before the God who created him. And, and obviously there was some criticism, um, including his wife who, who criticized him too. Um, but what did he say when she confronted him? He said, it was before the Lord that I was dancing. And I will come, become even more undignified than this, if you know those words so well. Praising Him with, with unashamed exuberance, with passion. That's just a part of what we do. So if you're new here today and you think, wow, I've never been in a church like this where they jump up and down and they raise their hands. It's, we're passionate because we're worshiping God. That's first and that's foremost. And, and obviously it's not only displayed uh, in worship, but it's displayed in every part of our lives. When we're passionate about God, He's, he's central to, to everything we do on a daily basis. He's central in our thoughts as we go through the day, that we bring Him along with us into every situation we face. Almost that, and we touched on the topic of overflow, um, or was that in the pre-service prayer, where it's, it's overflowing from us, this, this praise and this honor uh, towards God, this passion for God. It comes through when we talk to others about God when we just talk to others in general, that they will see our passion for Him. It will be reflected in our actions. How often we listen to His voice. How often we talk to Him. How often we read His Word. Whatever you want to call it, passion, enthusiasm, zeal, fervor, whatever it does, it's okay to have that passion. Because sometimes, I don't know about you, but I've grown up and sometimes when I've seen people in church becoming really passionate, almost verging on crazy. It's a little bit of a turn-off for me sometimes. Can I hold my hands up and say that? But you know what's equally wrong is, is people on the other side where they're just, you know, standing, no expression whatsoever. 
not passionate at all. I love Jesus. Yeah, I do. God, I, I worship you, Lord. Um, I do, Lord. You know what? It is in the heart. But I believe that overflows into exuberance. If I tell my wife I love her like that, I don't think she's going to be too happy. When, Yeah, I love you. You know, we need to be exuberant. And it's something that should overflow from us. This passion for God. This exuberance. So I'm not saying to the opposite extreme of absolutely craziness, fruit loops. Um, I'm saying let's find some balance where we in our own way, not abandoning our personality, can show, show, show passion in everything we do. Yes, in worship, but in the way we welcome people at the door, uh, in the way that we serve on the media desk. Um, all of these things are, are worship towards our God. So first of all, passion for God. Secondly, passion for the church. Ephesians 5.25 says, For husbands, this means love your wives. Just as Christ loved the church, he gave up his life for her. And it's making that comparison between a, a husband and a wife and, and how God has passion and love for the church. That's why we're involved in, in, in the church, serving and, 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 and practically helping out. And that's something that's important for us in Arena. And I touched on it already. To have a spirit of excellence. Christian spoke so well on that last week. In everything we do, what we do for the church is out of love for God. Loving people. Seeing others grow and encouraging others to grow. Growing ourselves. Accepting the church, warts and all. It's just, if you're new here and if you've not seen any uh, anything wrong with our church so far. It's just a matter of time. Can I tell you that? It's just a matter of time. All of these guys may be perfect, but if you focus long enough on me, you'll see the imperfection. But when we have a passion and a love for church, we overlook that, don't we? Because we realize that we love Jesus and we love his people because we love him. And so we want to see church built. We have a passion to see Church, which is his way of reaching out to the world. And we want to see that grow. It's not just about Sunday, although Sunday is important. But do we have a passion for the church throughout the week? Are we praying for, for people in the church? Are we meeting together in small groups? Are we just having people over to, to our house to, to make them feel welcome? Having a coffee and building relationship with people? Because that's all part of the, the strength of a church. So passion for God, passion for the church, but also passion for the world. You see, it's so easy to be focused on God and focused on us, our nice group that we've got here, and just to forget about the world outside. But Jesus doesn't want that. He wants us to have a passion for the world. You know John 3.16, it says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only son. He so loved the world. You know, it's my hope, prayer, and desire that we as, as Arena Mansfield, Arena Elkiston, and we as Arena Church would reflect that passion that, that God has for the world, that we would reflect that too. You see, there's some people out there that would hate us because we're in church. There's people that would hate us because we love Jesus, but we're called to not hate them back to not insult them back, but to just love them. 
to love the people that don't love us. Love the people that hurt us sometimes. Love the unlovely, the people that there's no worth of them coming to the church at all. Because you know sometimes we'd love a millionaire to walk in here, wouldn't we? And we'd maybe treat them, oh wow, it's great to have you. What if the mayor walked in here? We, oh, wonderful. But, but what if somebody who walks in here who is homeless? Would we have the same love for them? Love for the world, a passion um, for, for touching the world. Connecting with people far from God, not just people close to God. And taking the time and effort to engage with our community. This is, we've had Serve Day, and, and we were so sad to miss that because of our holiday, but we heard you had a wonderful time. This is why we do Serve Day, um, because we're passionate about the community, about the world outside these four walls, uh, and that's why we do it. And we want that to be something that is, is, is reflected here in our church. You know, I always remember um, friends of ours, and, and, you know, we can use their names, they're probably never going to listen to this podcast, but um, friends of ours, Ian and Anna, that we met in Scotland. And um, Did you meet Ian and Anna? No? Yeah, maybe you did, Sammy. But um, it's people that came supernaturally into our lives, and, I mean, we, went, we got given a voucher to go to a restaurant that we never go to, and um, we went there and had a great time. And, and Ian was working in that restaurant. And, and so we realized that his wife was from Brazil. And there's not too many Brazilians in Scotland. So we got a connection going. Um, because obviously Alini, if you don't know, is from Brazil. And so we developed this friendship. And, and I know for sure. And I, I know for sure that God brought the, them into our lives. And they are still kind of in our lives for a reason. But you know what? At the time, it was a season we were going through where we were just so busy in our lives, so busy with church, um, and those are good things, that we actually never really spent the time that we could have just cultivating that relationship. They came to church once, but ne- never really came again. And, and Alina and I always look back at that, and I thought, oh, I wish we gave more time. Because they were wonderful people. We got on so well. But we were so involved with church that these people that God brought into our lives to, I believe, to speak truth of the gospel to them, we didn't have a chance to do it. Don't hear me wrong here. We need people serving in church. We need people to grow church. We need people to be here doing practical things. Otherwise, this wouldn't happen on a Sunday. But let's remember, we're also to focus out on the world. We have to have a passion for the people that we encounter on a day-to-day basis. I'm never going to meet Andy's neighbors. And... Andy has a unique opportunity to be able to do that, to, to, to meet people, to build relationships, to speak truth into those people's lives that I will never speak to in my life. And that's the same for every single one of you. Have a passion for the world. Let's never lose that passion for the world because we're in the world to make a difference. So passion, passion for God, passion for the church, but also passion for for the world, and, and <laughs> I could probably preach a lot more on that, but I'm going to move straight on to generosity, um, because that's the other thing we want to focus on, and then I'll try to tie these together um, at the end. So firstly, passion. Secondly, generosity. Generosity is defined as the quality of being plentiful or large. I love that. There's some synonyms that aren't up on the screen, but lavish, liberal, Plentiful. The quality of being plentiful with what we do or large. It's not 
um, even just meeting a need, but it's going over and beyond just meeting a need. It's been generous. And so we do want to be a generous God, much the same as passion. We want to be a, we, sorry, we want to be a generous church because we serve a generous God. And so just the same as passion, um, our God is a generous God. It's displayed in creation. Those scriptures up on the screen there, um, Genesis 1 is, is the story of creation. How generous is our God through everything he did to, to create this world for our pleasure? It just blows me away. And, you know, we're in South Africa just experiencing different tastes and flavors and different sights. And, and it just boggles my mind the, the different range of, 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 of beauty that we have. So different from the beauty we see here, the greenery. There it's brown, but it's equally as beautiful. And, and you know, going and seeing all the animals, the giraffes, the lions, you name it. And, and, and God created all of that for our pleasure. It blows me away, and I, I joked about the, the different meats, but how amazing it is all the flavors that we can taste, that God created a, a palate for tastes, that he was so generous that in, for sustenance, he enabled us to experience these states for our enjoyment as well as for our sustenance. And, and to me, that's amazing. And the detail of his creation shows that he's a generous God. He didn't just plug us into a wall and charge us up but he gave us this ability to be fully human. What a generous God. But he over and beyond that, not only through creation, John 3.16 there again, he's generous just through his love that he has lavished upon us. We serve a generous God. Isaiah 32 is not going to come up on the screen, but maybe take a note of it if you're taking notes, because I love this verse, and I just added it this morning to my notes, but Isaiah 32.8 says this, A generous man devises generous things, and by generosity he will stand. I love that verse. That a generous man devises generous things, and by generosity he will stand. And it's contrasting that if you read Isaiah 32, the verses before that are are, are talking about how the wicked devise wicked plans. And then he jumps across and he says, but the generous devise generous plans. And I love that because it's not just about noticing a need and, and filling that need, but it's about thinking, how can I devise a generous plan? How can I be generous with what God has given me? Devising generous plans. How can I be generous this year, this week, this month, however it, it plays out? But firstly, we are to be generous with our words. And there's just three things that I want to focus in on this bit as well, and probably so much more I could say. But firstly, being generous with our words. Proverbs 10.21, again in the New Living Translation, says, The words of the godly encourage many. Proverbs 15 verse 4 says, Gentle words are a tree of life. Words are powerful. Apparently surveys show that um, women speak over 20,000 words per day. Um, (laughs) How many do you think men speak on average? Any takers? Seven? We've got a ten there. It's 7,000. Around 7,000. So about a third of the words that women speak. And of course, when we, we, it's nice to joke about it. It's not about generous in quantity, is it? It's about generous in quality. 
And that's what us men get right all the time. (laughs) Mm, Well, I'm getting myself into trouble here. But however many words we speak, they should be generous words. They should be words that are uplifting instead of pulling down. Um, Words that are positive instead of negative. Um, In fact, the Bible does talk about too many thoughtless words, ladies. Um, and whew, Okay, that's the last one, I'm sure. Okay, I apologize. I apologize. Alenia, I apologize. Words can tear down. Words can build up. Words can pierce and hurt people. You know, I, we always notice if somebody's walking through the street with a big black eye or with a, a cast on their leg or their arm because they've injured themselves. But let me tell you, 10 times over, there's people walking through our streets who are injured by words that have been spoken to them, words that have been spoken on them, harsh words, brutal words. You know, it's, it's, not, it's not true that sticks and stones can break my bones, but words can never hurt me. Words hurt people. And can we be generous with our words, uplifting with our words, uh, positive with our words, and speaking life into people's lives, speaking blessing into people's lives, speaking peace into our lives as well as other people's lives, because they can set the course of people's lives. You know, I remember a teacher in my school, and one of the things, my mum, sorry, a bit of a sidetrack, my mum keep stuff, right? And she, got, she you know, keeps stuff from my childhood. And we were there in South Africa and she was bringing out all these things from my childhood and showing the boys. And it was great in one sense, but then she was like, do you want them? I was like, not sure I do, uh, but, you know, we can only fit so much in the suitcase. But one of the things she'd kept is all of my report cards from like grade one through to the end of school. And, and um, for those of you that don't know, I was I wasn't a a naughty kid by any stretch of the imagination. I was quite quiet, but I just didn't fit the mold of school. So I was all people were always speaking about me, and all I read so many times over. I said to Lini, I said I feel more hurt by these words now than I did then. But they were saying Stephen is lazy. Stephen is not. He's got so much potential, but he just doesn't apply himself. All of these words spoken over me, and there was one teacher that I remember, Mrs. Agnew. Uh, She was my biology teacher, my favorite subject. And I remember her for her positivity, for the word spoken. You know, I probably was a little bit lazy. I probably was a little frustrating for my parents. But let me tell you that she spoke positive words over me. And and I remember at the end of school, I was the top biology student. Not great in everything, but I was top in biology because I knew that she was speaking positive words. It affected me. I went on and studied biochemistry and microbiology at university because of the positive words spoken over me by that lady. And she might not, she would remember me, but she might not remember those words. But let me tell you, they made an impact on my life. And I hope that our words can, can be the same, that Arena Church would be a place where we're generous with words, but also generous with our time. Matthew 19 uh, verse 14 is is, is not going to come up in, in full on the screen, but it's that story of where Jesus' um, Jesus' disciples, some parents came, and they brought their children to Jesus, and they wanted him to bless them. And the disciples were, were kind of, you know, 
guarding Jesus from the masses, I suppose. And they, they, they said, no, go away. Jesus is too busy. He doesn't have time for that. And Jesus actually rebuked them and he said, no, let those children come to me. Don't stop them because the kingdom of heaven belongs to those who are like these children. It says the disciples actually scolded the parents. But Jesus said, no, bring them to me. Because despite the fact that he was healing people, um, he was teaching all day, he was doing whatever he was doing, he probably was tired, but he still had time for those little children. He was generous with his time. You see, time is a resource that, um, that, we, that we all have the same amount of. Yeah? We've heard people say, and I've probably said it myself, I just don't have time. We all have time. We just manage our priorities differently. We all have the same amount of time on any given day. But how generous are we with our time? You know, do we give time for the kids? And maybe speaking to myself, when we get home from work, you know, are we, are we giving time to the kids? Or are we just focused on putting our feet up and switching on the telly? You know, are we, are we generous with our time for our neighbors? Or are we just too busy caught up in the, the run of life that we don't give them any time? For our spouses, our wives, our husbands. How does it look for us? Well, you see, we're going to give it an account for our time, how we've used it. And I know I want to be generous with, our, with my time. In fact, challenge for you guys, if you really want to go for a week, just noting down your time and how you use it. Not giving your homework or anything, but just do that. And you'll be surprised at how much time you have to redeem and to use in generous ways. So we should be generous with our time. Yes, here at church, but also at, at home too. Taking time to be generous with our time. Taking time to be generous. But there you go. But also not only time, not only, um, but also generous with our resource. And this is the third thing I just want to say is we're not too far from a conclusion here. 1 Timothy 6, 17 to 19 uh, says this. It's going to come up on, on the screen. Um, Teach those who are rich in this world not to be proud and not to trust in their money, which is so unreliable. Their trust should be in God, who richly gives us all we need for our enjoyment. Tell them to use their money to do good. They should be rich in good works and generous to those in need. Always been ready to share with others. And by doing this, they will be storing up their treasure as a good foundation for the future so that they may experience true life. If you recap to the definition of generous, the quality of being plentiful or large. I'm not going to spend too much time, to be honest with you, talking about generous um, with our resource. We're almost at an end, but it is something we need to talk about. The Bible is very clear about the importance of being generous with our finance or with our material blessings. But more importantly, it's not, it's, yes, it's in the church. We are to be generous within the church. The Bible talks about giving of our tithes, giving of our resources back to God because He gives everything to us. But generosity is more than just ticking a box saying 10%, done. It's about being generous over and beyond that. It's about being generous in our lives when we walk out the doors. It's no good giving 10% to the church and then being stingy the rest of the week. Are we generous 
with our resource outside and inside church. You know, you guys are getting a lot of South Africa today because I've just come back. Um, and this kind of was mulling over in my heart as we, were, as we were there as well. But, you know, in South Africa, if you've been before, almost every traffic light in the big cities, um, you, you have people begging at the traffic light. So you stop and there's somebody with a sign saying, unemployed, I don't want to steal. Please give to me so that I can make an honest living. And, and there's people with, on crutches who can hardly walk. And your heart just breaks for these people. Um, and, you know, it was the first time Lucas experienced it. And so his little heart was broken by seeing these people without very much just standing and, you know, saying, please give me money, I need money. And obviously, you know, there's probably some con men, uh, but I, th- I believe there's also some real, you know, people that really are in need there. And, and so when we first got there, it's amazing, in the matter of three weeks, when we first got there, although we've experienced it before, um, we were like, wow, you know, wow, there's so much need. Um, but towards the end of that, we're already becoming accustomed to it. So you already get the traffic light and says, oh, this is those guys again, and you just ignore them and you, you go on with your life. And, you know, we're called to be generous. We, we, when we see need to respond to it, we all have our limits. I'm not saying that all of us can help everyone in the world. I couldn't give money to every single one of those people because I wouldn't have any left. But... We are to be generous. We are to respond to need inside and uh, outside the church because God has blessed us so much. And we realize that more than ever when you go to a poor country um, with so much unemployment and, 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 and need. But you see, generosity is a topic that we can't talk about in, in, in 15 minutes. It's something that's so much larger. We could do a series on generosity and passion. But these are things that we just want to highlight uh, today and highlight in this series that we're doing because these are things that we want to cultivate within Arena Church. Generosity goes on to topics like forgiveness. We should, we should be generous with our forgiveness as well because Jesus was most generous with his forgiveness, wasn't he? But it's so, so important to, yes, have passion, but also to have generosity and you know, you, you may say, well, well, why, Stephen? And I think this is something I want to just touch on as we close today. Because, yes, it's what we want to cultivate in Arena, like I said at the beginning. But why do we want to cultivate it in Arena? And there's an illustration that I remember um, Francis Chan um, giving. And, and unfortunately, I don't have the prop with me, but you guys can use your imagination. Um, he, he basically stood up and he had this long rope. And it went to the other side of the hall and... And he stood up and he said, look, just imagine that this rope goes on for infinity. So in other words, it goes out the door, down the street. It just goes on forever. Imagine I was holding a rope that just went on forever. And he said, this is like a timeline. This is your timeline. And he had this little piece on, on the end about that long. And he, he had taped it off. And he said, this is your life here on earth. And the rest of this rope is eternity. And he said, this little piece here is what we have today to to use for God's glory. This is the life that we have to live. And and as the verse in Timothy that we read earlier, the, the rest is eternity. 
It talked about building treasures for, for, the, for eternity, forever. But this is what we've got now. This little bit. We may, you know, we, we work maybe 50% of our lives and we save up so that we can enjoy a little bit like that, you know, of retirement. And we, we understand the concept of, of setting aside for the future. But with eternity, we've got this little bit that we have to set aside for the rest of eternity that we're going to spend with Jesus. And so, I for one, I want to spend this little piece that I have that is my life here on earth. I want to spend this with, with passion. I want to get passionate for God, for building the church. I want to see uh, as many people touched in the world because this is all I have. I don't want to sit lukewarm and just switch on the remote when I come home and just do nothing with my life. No, I want to live it out for God with passion because this is all I have. With generosity. We've only got a certain amount of time. We've only got a certain amount of money. We've only got a certain amount of words. But, but can we use those words for eternal fruit? You see, there's people that we're going to meet in this little chunk of our lives, this little piece of the rope that we're going to meet, that we can impact forever that they will be able to spend eternity with Jesus instead of spending eternity elsewhere. There's resource that can help uh, the church grow, not for vanity, just so that we can reach more people, so that we can see so many more people spending eternity with Jesus. You know, there's words of encouragement that, that can be spoken into people's lives that can change the course of their life. So they'll be able to get into their destiny and, 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 and embrace what God has for them so that they too can work with their lives. This little piece to, to impact the rest of eternity. That's why we're doing it. That's why these things are important to us. Not to just grow Arena Church. It's because we have a greater mission to be part of building God's kingdom so that what we do in this part of our lives can impact the rest of eternity. And so I'm passionate about it. And I hope that comes across this morning because I have made a commitment. Alini, we have made a commitment that, you know what? Whatever we've got to do in this little piece of our lives, we're going to do it with all our might. We're going to do it with passion. We're going to be as, as generous as we can so that we can impact eternity. That's why we, we can't concentrating on these things that we want to see in church. Not because we all just want to get you to behave. It's because we want to build a church that makes an impact into eternity. Do you get that? Do you get that heart of what we're doing? And, and you know, if you are, are discouraged because you, you look at yourself and, and, and you say, Stephen, I, I just don't know if I've got it in me to be generous. I don't know if I've, I've got it in me to be really passionate uh, about the things of God and about His, His church because uh, I've been hurt and I don't know if I've got passion for the church anymore. If you're in that position, well, I don't want this to be a weight upon you. Can I hold up my hand and say, me too? I, I read this. I study this to preach to you and I think, how can I preach this? In and of myself, I'm not those things. I could be more passionate. I could, I could be more generous. But let me tell you today, then this is the secret. It's not through self-effort. This is not to lay a burden that you have to do this, that, the next thing. If you come into relationship with Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, if He comes into your heart, 
these things will start to bubble up within. These things will start to come within. Don't try external effort. It's not going to work. You'll be tired out. You may start, but you'll not finish. Transformation of the heart coming into a relationship with Jesus Christ. That's going to bubble up from within and there'll be no containing. There'll be no containing. One other thing that I can't leave out is the importance of the Holy Spirit. Let me tell you, you can believe in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, but He says clearly in His Word, and we believe in, in Arena Church, that there's something more, that the Holy Spirit, can, we can be filled with the Holy Spirit. Let me just put distinctively say, when you're saved, if you believe in Jesus Christ, you have the Holy Spirit within you. However, there is also an infilling, a baptism of the Holy Spirit that can, be a, an, that can give us power, that can give us strength, to be able to do everything that God has called us to do. I am so glad of that. I am so glad of that. Because let me tell you, and I'll maybe have a chance to tell you sometime, when I was filled with the Holy Spirit, my life changed totally around. I knew Jesus. I was already going to heaven. But let me tell you, He filled me with more boldness. He filled me with more courage. He made me see what was possible with God. Because with me, very little is possible. And so today, passion and generosity don't come from self-effort. Passion and generosity come from falling in love with Jesus and saying, Holy Spirit, fill me. Give me the strength to be able to do everything you have called me to do. And then I believe, then I believe that this church will become a church of passion. Well, we already are. But we can do better. We will be a gener- we are already generous, but we can do better so that we can glorify God, so that this little piece of our lives won't be just burnt out on self-gratification, but this little bit of our lives will be used for the rest of eternity to give God His glory. I'm going to call the band up, and, and uh, we're just going to close off. I've overrun my time, but... Um, big topics and so thank you for for your patience but in fact let's jump to our feet